Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're here today. We're finishing up our work in Martin Luther King Jr.'s book, Strength to Love, which is a collection of some of his more famous sermons. And so, yes, you have a, a new thought minister doing Baptist sermons. Who would have, who would have thought you'd come to hear that today? <laughs> and, uh, and today we're actually focused in on uh, one of the parables of Jesus from Luke, uh, which includes the Lord's Prayer in it. And so, I think it's only fitting that I should start out with a joke about the Lord's Prayer. And, and yes, only I could find such a thing, right? Okay. So one Sunday, a young man told a friend that he'd become a Sunday school teacher at his church. Well, his friend was astonished. That's crazy. I bet you five bucks you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. Well, everybody knows that, his friend answered. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Well, his friend was astonished. He pulled out his wallet and handed him $5. You win. I didn't know that you knew so much about the Bible. And so, uh, my thought, <laughs> my thought today is, although Martin Luther King Jr.'s audience would have certainly known the story of the knock of midnight from the New Testament, maybe some of us could use a refresher. So, if you don't mind, let me read to you from Luke 11. So, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, even as John taught his disciples. And so there's where uh, the famous Lord's Prayer fit in, one of those prayers that have been around for two centuries, one of those prayers that has been uh, directly involved in the healing of countless people. That's, that's where we get what Jesus said, here's how we're to pray. But then he went on to talk, and he said, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And then Jesus said, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you every bit as much as you should need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks will receive. The one who seeks will find. And to the one who knocks, the door will always, always be opened. Okay, well, as Lucy Ricardo used to say, I'm sure I have some splaining to do. And so... Um, 
let me first of all tell you a little bit about what was going on in the world uh, two centuries ago. The idea of midnight is not as friendly as we might think it is today. In olden times, remember, no street lights, nothing open in the middle of the night. There was no chance that these folks had stopped for fast food on their way right to their friend's house so invariably one of the customs when friends came from out of town you always had a meal for them always because they virtually would always be hungry in fact they may have been on the road for several days without food it was common to offer strangers water but not so much food so they may have been very hungry when you came to them so very much the custom when people came you would be expected to feed them especially friends from out of town and also the idea of midnight uh Again, there was no way of predicting what time a journey would end, and certainly there weren't cell phones. You couldn't phone ahead and said, we're going to be later than we thought, right? I'm figuring, oh, about midnight. So they just come when they come, and you're intended to be ready for them. But back to the idea of midnight, because that goes just beyond the idea of timing. Midnight was a dangerous time in the old world. No police forces, of course. Typically, when a householder went to bed at night, it involved moving... Well, first of all, let's talk even about what houses were like two centuries ago. In this part of the world, it was very common that you would bring the animals into the lower story of your house and lock them up at night. It was so typical to have uh, farm animals actually stolen at night that you brought them into the house and then typically you would be upstairs. And so, so picture going to bed for the night, not just, you know, putting on your nightgown and pop into bed, right? It was round up all the animals, get the kids and the family upstairs, you know, clean up the downstairs so that the animals wouldn't spoil it too badly, lock everybody in, then it's like, no, we're in for the night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So not so easy to provide three loaves of bread at midnight. So, of course, this is a parable. When we begin looking at the metaphysical meaning of it, it's a parable for prayer. When and how are your prayers going to be answered? And I think it's very interesting to examine some of the ideas here. First of all, clearly it doesn't matter whether it's midnight or not, and it doesn't matter whether you're a friend or not, right? Jesus clearly says, knock and it will be answered. If you pray, you will be heard. But what I think is interesting, it doesn't matter if you're a friend, doesn't matter if it's midnight, but you better show some gumption around your prayer. Did you catch that? Let me use the exact words that, that Jesus had. Now, in the King James Version, it's just called persistent. But modern translations call it shameless audacity. So we're to pray, not persistently, not naggingly, but shameless audacity. We're to pray as though we're expecting to get those loaves. We're to pray as though it, it's not a wishful, hopeful thing, but we have some gumption around it. We're to pray without shame because it is okay to ask. It's okay to ask. It's okay to make your need plain. 
And it's okay to put some. Actually, another translation, the, the more Jewish translation is chutzpah. It, it's okay if you put some chutzpah into this. The three loaves, I need them, and I shall have them. And so our prayers are not a pleading thing. Jesus is saying, if you want to be successful, claim your good. Claim what you desire to have. And when you knock, even if it's midnight, or even if you're not a friend, you will be answered. Have you ever really thought of your prayers that way? I think sometimes we think that we have to get in good with God. Do you know what I mean by that? Like we have to be prayed up. We have to have tithed at church. We have to have done whatever's necessary to be in God's good graces. Uh, I don't think so. Jesus certainly didn't believe that was true. God will respond to prayer from anyone. And God responds better when we have some moxie behind it, when there is that idea of, this is for me and I shall have it. The three loaves of bread are mine. The, the healing is for me to experience. The abundant life is something that is mine to experience and have. These are the kinds of prayers that will wake up the householder, will wake God up even at midnight. And so how often have you really examined your own prayers? I know almost everyone here occasionally will pray, and some of us, of course, have a daily spiritual practice where we're always praying. Have you examined the, the idea of your prayer? Have you thought about using it as a way of claiming your good, of really stating what it is that you want to have with some power in those words, truly claiming it, not just hoping for it, not just wishing for it, and certainly not pleading for it. This is something that I shall have, and it is God's good pleasure to give it for me. The other thing, though, that you may not have noticed in the parable, who's the bread for? It's for someone else. It's for the visitors who come too. So how often do we also use our power of prayer to aid other people and situations in the world, right? Of course, prayer works for us as individuals, but have you thought of praying for other things that are poorly hosted in the world right now? Have you thought of praying for the Ukraine? Have you thought of praying for our government? Have you thought of praying for peace among uh, some of the nations at war right now? And Martin Luther King, I think, is really interesting. He pointed to some degree to the hypocrisy of prayer. He mentions World War II in this particular sermon and, and the uh, fruitless endeavor of praying for a battleship to be successful or, or praying for certain uh, munitions to be particularly deadly. It, it's like, no, 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 no. We need to pray for peace for all, not one side versus the other. We're here to be a force of good for all. And so consider not praying necessarily for Ukraine, but consider praying for peace in that region totally, not one side against the other, but rather for all of humanity involved in this struggle. Well, Martin Luther King does a lovely job not only of metaphysically interpreting this for his congregation, but he also personalizes it in two different ways, and I want to cover that today. First of all, he says, put yourself 
in the position of the person who hears the knock at midnight. Put yourself in the position of someone coming to you with a need. How do you respond? Are you willing to be woken up out of your same old, same old day and come to help someone? And if you are, what is it that you have to offer them? Now, in ancient times, bread was bread, of course, but it also represented wisdom. And so what wisdom do you have to give people who are in need? What spirituality do you have to give to people who come to you in need? Certainly bread in a modern sense represents money and you may have a cost to, to loan people money or to help people out that way, absolutely. But 2,000 years ago, more likely, he was talking about either literal bread in terms of feeding people who need it, or he was talking about the idea of spiritual needs, spiritually feeding someone. So when the call for help comes to you, are you ready to wake up and come to someone's aid? That was the main appeal, I would say, that Dr. King used on his uh, particular sermon on that Sunday. But he also goes a little bit further and just something that I think is interesting, because he also portrayed his particular church as the householder that gets the knock at midnight. And so he also was speaking to his own congregation, as I might speak to you today, how can this church address the needs of people who don't have all of the things that they need to have Certainly that bread idea fits with spirituality. Our doors, of course, are open to anyone who comes. Uh, we like to believe that everyone would feel welcome here. And I would say most people do when they come in our doors. But I would suggest that we have a ways to go when we talk about being here for our community. Might there be things that we could do that would reach out to people who literally need some food? or who literally could use a helping hand. Spirituality, yes, but what about just plain old bread? I would say he was chastising a little bit. I'm not going to go that far, but what I would like to suggest is I bet there are people right here in this room that would love to do a better job of giving back to our local community. And I would love to hear some of the ideas and ways that you might have for participating in that. So where I want to close today is uh, just a quick overview here. So we talked about what it was like to be in the garden at midnight. This is the garden of heaven, but at midnight, things don't always go so well. So first of all, what do we need to be safe? But second of all, how can we serve ourselves our friends and the community when the knock comes at midnight. When someone is in need, how can we reach out to them? Literally, but even more important, spiritually and mentally. What do we have to offer to our friends and even strangers in need? The third, of course, when we knock is also when we pray. When we're embracing our prayers, when we are praying for ourselves and others, does it have that element of moxie? Does it have that idea of shameless audacity? This is simply what is true. There shall be peace in the Ukraine and Russia. 
not a hope for it, not a dream of it, not a wishful hopeful, but in my mind, there shall be peace. In my mind, there shall be abundance for people in need. And when I individualize my prayers, whether they're for myself or whether they're someone that I know, I speak with that same level of audacity, that same level of, uh, of confidence. When I knock, I will be answered. When I seek, I shall find. God will say yes. And then the last thing we talked about is personalizing this particular parable. If we are that householder and the knock comes at midnight, how can we serve? How can we love up the people around us? How can we meet the needs of uh, perhaps both physical, emotional, and spiritual when people are in need? Are we there for them? And not just our friends, but for the person on the side of the freeway exit when we get off. Are we there for that person? Are we there for the person who might be without a home today here in the Portland metro area? What can we do physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally to be of service to our fellow human beings? Well, I'm going to close with a, a quote from Strength to Love. And then I think rather than do a science of mind treatment, I think I'll read the Lord's Prayer. I think that would be fitting today. So, so you'll uh, have a refresher of what it sounds like. <laughs> this is from... Um, a knock at midnight, Martin Luther King Jr. He says, If the church will free itself from the shackles of a deadening status quo and, recovering its great historic mission, will speak and act fearlessly and insistent in terms of justice and peace, it will kindle the imagination of humankind and fire the souls of everyone imbuing them with a glowing and ardent love for truth, for justice, and for peace. Everyone far and near will know that the church has a great fellowship of love that provides light and bread for lonely travelers, even at midnight. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth, even as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, even as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from thoughts of all evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. Now is our time of conscious contribution. If you'd like to take out your gift or your tithe, I always like to put mine over my heart. And uh, if you're online, of course, you can go to our website at cslportland.org slash donate to make a contribution there. If you'd like to repeat after me, please do. Graciously I give, Graciously from, a place of love, from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. Would the ushers please begin receiving the gifts? We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 
Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.